The following podcast is going to contain one man's opinions about the state of the world, more specifically, the state of the country here in the United States. If these views, if these opinions make you angry, then you may want to go find another podcast. Proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. My name is Steven, and I'm feeling pretty angry lately. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling helpless. I just don't know what to do, and I feel like the only thing I can do at this point is talk about things and just express my opinion on what's going on in the country currently. In in, I mean, I'm just trying to wrap my head around what we got going on in the United States right now. And it makes me, again, it makes me angry. It makes me sad. It, it, it makes me feel like there's nothing I can do to change things. Let me just start right off the top here by saying that I believe that Black Lives Matter. I firmly believe that. I don't understand these people who stand off to the side and they, they watch the youth of America out there marching and protesting for justice because young black men, black people, but, but it's, it's, it seems to be more young black men are being killed by police officers all across the country in a disproportionate sense than white folk, for example. There's something about a young black man that just scares the crap out of white people. It just, just scares them, just makes them scared. Oh, it's, it's, there's a young black man. Obviously, he's in a gang and he's going to shoot and kill me. And that just makes me angry. And for police officers, I think I think a lot of this, okay, I've really been struggling with, with even making this episode because I'm not sure anything I say is going to be coherent. And I'm afraid I'm just going to sit here and ramble and ramble like I've been doing so far. But to me... As I view things in the country, it's it's glaringly obvious that the men and women that we pay to protect us, the police officers, there is a systemic issue with racism within that organization. There is a there's an issue with with racism and um, just being. These people just feel like they can do whatever they want and they can get away with it because they have been for decades and decades and decades. And that has not become so obvious as it has lately with these protests. There's so much footage out there of the police being excessively violent to protesters for no reason at all just for the simple fact that these people are protesting. And I think what angers me the most is that I didn't, I didn't see it as clearly as I'm seeing it now. It's been out there. You've been hearing it. I mean, my first, my first experience really kind of hearing about what's going on in the world when it comes to the police and racism and uh, unjustly targeting Black people, I think goes back to, to Rodney King. I was a, I was a teenager, maybe late teens. Uh, can't quite remember when that was. But of course, as a white person who doesn't see this, 
who doesn't experience this at all, especially a white person from small town Kansas. I mean, I grew up in a small town in Kansas, so I just I wasn't really around diversity all that much. Now, thankfully, despite the fact that I grew up in this small town where there was a lot of racism going on, I didn't quite understand that that's what it was growing up. Luckily, my parents, my parents are not racists, I guess I should say. Um, They never, you know, a lot of, uh, I hear a lot of comments that the people that are, that are, that are running the world today, these, these, uh, White folks that are in their 60s, 70s, they're the ones that, you know, once we're just waiting for them to die out and then racism will be fixed. And that's that's a that's a very ridiculous statement. I've I've heard people say that. And that's ridiculous because if you are a racist human being who believes deep in their heart that people of color are inferior to them and you are you have children you're going to pass those beliefs down to your children i mean we saw what a couple of years right after trump was elected we saw young men marching for white pride racism's not going to go away when a certain generation dies off i think we need to it's it's obvious that you have to teach your children now my parents never taught me not to be racist they never they never talked about it on one side or the other. And so, I don't know, I just kind of grew up believing that why is one person better than the other person just because of where they come from, the color of their skin, you know, gender, whatever. Now, I'm not a perfect human being by any means. I have hate in my heart. I have hated, but I try my best every day to treat the people I come into contact with as I would like them to treat me. I try to live by that rule. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Now, frankly, the way I want to be treated is just to be left alone. So typically, I just kind of leave people alone and let them do their own thing. But it's very obvious that we have a real problem in this country. And what angers me about it are these people that stand off to the side and watch these demonstrations, hear the words Black Lives Matter, and they stand off to the side and they say, well, all lives matter. And they don't, it just, it frustrates me that they don't get, either they just don't get what we're trying to say when we say Black Lives Matter, or they're just straight up racists and are dismissing. They're dismissing it completely. But to say, to the counter argument to Black Lives Matter, to say all lives matter, it's like saying, okay, You're on a beach. There's one person in the water. That person starts drowning. Let's just call that person Bill. Bill is in the water and Bill is drowning. The lifeguard sees this happening, jumps up from their perch, grabs their little floaty thing, and they start running out into the water. Well, everybody on the beach starts screaming at the lifeguard. What are you doing? We need you here on the beach. And the lifeguard says, well, Bill is is dying. We understand that, lifeguard, but we need you here on the beach. We need protection on the beach. And the lifeguard says, well, but Bill's life matters. I need your, you guys are fine right now. I need to go save Bill. Bill's life matters. Well, Mr. Lifeguard, all of our lives matter. Yes, but Bill's life matters right now. Bill, his life is the one that is at risk at this very moment in time. 
I think it was Trevor Noah said, there's a great video that Trevor Noah did a few weeks ago. And I think it was him that said, until all lives matter equally, black lives have to matter right now. Because as a white person, I don't, I don't know what it's like to walk out my door and have to tell my family goodbye and have all of us wondering if I'm going to come home alive by the end of the day. That I could be pulled over at any moment because I fit a profile. Because there's a, a freaking call out on the police radio that says, all points bulletin, we're looking for a, a suspect in a gas station robbery. Suspect is male. Suspect is black. Boom. That's all they he, That's all they need. And well, there's a black guy right there driving a car. Let's pull him over. He may be the one. Well, how do you know he's the one? Well, he's black. Or they may, they may pull me over just simply because of the color of my skin. I don't know what that feels like. I've been pulled over on, on a number of occasions, and I've never once had to worry, is this going to be the end? Am I going to survive this encounter? Last year, the year before last, I was sitting in the parking lot of a Walgreens. I was working, I was working there at the time, second shift. So it was night when I left, and I was sitting in the car doing something, and I, I wanted to look at the, the, the clock. And so I turned the parking lights on so I could see the clock, so the clock would light up. I think I was re probably recording something for a podcast before I left for the night. And so I left the parking lights on, and when it was time to leave, I start up the car and I drive away. And because all of my dash lights are on, as they would be if my headlights were on, I forgot that my headlights were not on. Two blocks from work, I get pulled over by a cop. He comes and lets me know, do you know your headlights aren't on? And I explained to him what happened, and he said, okay, and he let me go. Not once during that interaction did I fear for my life. And had I been a black person, I would have feared for my life because that's all it takes. Pull over a young black man because his headlights aren't on. Sees that it's a young black man in the driver's seat. Young black man reaches over to grab his wallet. Police officer just assumes because they are a young black man, they're going for a gun and shoots him and kills him. Now, for a white person, that seems like an extreme story. That seems like it's a very far-fetched thing to happen. But guess what? It happens. It happens often enough that here we are, however many weeks later, after George Floyd, and people are still out there every single day protesting, asking for some kind of reform, act, asking for justice. And folks are standing off to the side getting upset about, well, you know, you're not really, they're, 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 they're looting, they're destroying property. That's not how you protest. Well, how do you protest? Think about this for a second. Colin Kaepernick, NFL football player, during the national anthem would take a knee. That was his form of protest against police violence for police officers killing black people. And white folk across the country were in arms about it. Well, he's disgracing our flag. Don't you be disgracing America like that. That was a one man, very, very, very peaceful protest. And he had the president of the United States calling him a son of a bitch for it. So if that wasn't the right way to protest, what is? No justice, no peace. Do you know what that means? It means we want justice. And if the only way we're going to get justice is to get out there 
and wreck the peace. That's what's going to happen. You're not going to get any more peace until we get some justice. And I'm standing right there behind them. I believe in what they're doing. I believe that our president is a vile, despicable human being. I believe he is racist. I believe that his, the, the, the two, his two, the two things that he is, how do I put this? His two main goals as president, he has two goals. One, do whatever he can to make as much money for himself and all his friends, regardless of what kind of effect that has on the rest of the country. And two, destroy anything that Barack Obama put in place because either A, it's stopping cash flow from coming to him and all his rich friends, or B, because it was put in place by a black man. I've made no secret on Twitter that I do not like our current president. I'm not a political guy, never have been. And I've strived to make this podcast a place that is free from politics and religion. But I just feel, I feel like I'm doing myself a disservice by just not saying something. I've got this platform. I've got this podcast. I don't have a huge listenership, but I need to say something. Here is a president who cares more about his image, who cares more about how things are perceived than he cares about the American people. Over 120,000 people have died from the COVID-19 virus in two months. 120,000 people and rising. And he can stand up there at his little podium and talk about all these incredible huge things that he's done, stuff that nobody has ever done. Do you ever, do you ever notice that anything that he did, that he does, that he claims to have done, does it not trigger something within you, trigger some kind of curiosity response within your brain that every single thing that he says that he or his administration has done is always the biggest? It's all, it's, it's always, well, nobody has ever done anything as big as this before. Nobody's ever had numbers like this before. Nobody's ever saved as many people as I have before. Nobody has ever done the incredible things that I have done. I'm the first. Nobody has ever, he's even said, make statements like nobody could even imagine. Nobody could even fathom the numbers that we're getting and that we're doing and that we're helping and that we're saving. That is how liars speak. That is how habitual liars speak. Oh, you climbed a mountain? I climbed a mountain too. In fact, I climbed a mountain that was six times higher than your mountain. In fact, I've climbed a mountain that nobody has ever climbed before. And nobody can even imagine climbing a mountain like that. But I did it. That's how he talks. This man stands in front of the country and says, the reason why our COVID cases are rising is because we're testing too much. The reason why our cases are rising is because we are testing too much. And he's telling his people to slow down testing so that the numbers don't continue to rise. Does that make any sense to people? I have yet to hear somebody actually defend that statement. Basically, what he's saying is all around the world, in most countries, numbers are going down. They're handling it. Ours continue to rise. So let's just stop testing. So it looks like we're handling it. There is so much he could have done that he hasn't done and that he still refuses to do. He refuses to do anything at all. And that scares the crap out of me. There is, I don't, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar. I didn't, I didn't make any notes. I didn't write anything down for this episode. I was just going to sit down and talk. And so I can't give you any sources, 
But I feel like I read something the other day about one of these foreign countries that have done really well in response to COVID. Their numbers are going down. They seem to have everything well in hand. And they had followed the plan or the recommend the recommended plan that was put together by the United States that that Trump just is not doing. Now that might maybe that may be a, a false story. I don't know. You know, I try very hard when I'm when I'm online and I'm on social media. There 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 are certain things that you have to know when you're looking at stories on social media. One, if somebody is making an outrageous claim and they don't have a source to back it up, you probably don't want to believe that. And you don't want to spread it around because until there's a, a source backing it up, it may or may not be true. There's no way to know. The next thing you know you should know is if they are making, if somebody is making some kind of extreme claim and there is a story to, you know, they are linking a news source, but the claim that the person is making is basically just rephrasing the headline to the news source that they provided. Go in and read the article. Don't just take the headline for what it says, because while I don't believe that, I don't believe in the fake, quote unquote, fake news, there is a little bit of validity to that. Our news organizations in the country are, are, are less interested in telling the news, telling the unbiased story, reporting to the people what's going on in the world or in the country, giving us the information we need. They're less interested in that and more interested in making money. That's what our news organiz organizations have become. They're owned by corporations now who are just out there to make money. So while they do report the news, one of the things that news organizations like to do is they like to put these headlines up that don't quite contain the facts. And in some cases are practically outright lies. And you have to read the article. You cannot go by just the headline. But the problem in our world today is people just, they see a headline and that's as far as they go. And that's the story. We have too many people on the extreme right and too many people on the extreme left who are the loudest voices who seem to be making a lot of the decisions, and it's it's scary. It's a scary country out there. It's a scary world out there. It's a dangerous world. I believe that Black Lives Matter. I believe our president is a racist piece of crap. I believe that people should be treated equal, whether you're white, black, red, yellow, brown, gay, straight, man, woman, whatever your pronoun is, everybody should be treated equal. Everybody should be given a fair shot. You should treat people the way you want them to treat you. And if you're treating people like crap, then I guess that means you want people to treat you like crap. Guess what, white people? We can't rule the world forever. We can't run the country forever. I think a lot of this black backlash to Black Lives Matter is because there are some white folk who are afraid that their world is going to radically change. And it is going to change. And that doesn't mean it's going to be a bad thing. We've been sitting in the fabled catbird seat for too long. Something has to change, folks. We can't keep going the way we've been going. If something doesn't change and change soon, my fear at this point is that we are headed down a path that is going to set this country on fire. I don't want my children to inherit a country that's been torn apart by civil war. I don't want that to happen. And that may sound extreme, but good Lord, just freaking yesterday, I'm recording this on a Friday, just yesterday, 
were tapes released from police officers in North Carolina talking about another civil war and killing black folk and giving them what they deserve and putting them in their place. And that just, it's more prevalent than you think. If you are, if you are there, if you're a white person and you think that all these tales are ridiculous, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's because you're white and you don't see it. If you see it, then you're, and you're not doing anything about it, then you're part of the problem. Black lives matter. Our president sucks. I don't know what else to say. That's it. That's, that's all I got. I'm going to, I, otherwise I'm just going to devolve into a bunch of more shouting about how terrible everything is. And I have to believe that things are going to get better. And I look to the youth of the country, these people that are out there protesting, that are standing on that line as police fire rubber bullets at them, that fire tear gas at them, that hit them with shields, that push an old man to the ground so that his head cracks open and he bleeds all over the cement, who our president claims is some kind of freaking terrorist and did this on purpose, our president who can stand there and make excuses for white supremacy. Oh, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's fine people on both sides. He always, when it, whenever it's white people, whether, whether it's these white supremacists who were marching for white pride and one of them got into a car and ran some people of color over, or it's white people going into freaking government buildings with their giant freaking assault rifles, screaming into the police officers' faces because they want to go get a freaking haircut. He can stand up there and defend these people. But people of color go out and protest and they are thugs and they are anarchists and they're bad people. That is That speaks volumes about who our president is. But I got to believe there's hope. And it's, and it's in our youth. It's these people that are out there protesting that want a better future, that want their future to be fair and just. And they're standing there and they are, like I said, they're getting shot with freaking rubber bullets. They're getting hit with tear gas and they're getting up, brushing themselves off and stepping right back up there on the line. But I got to believe there's hope out there, folks. My kids believe the same way I do. And I know there's just as, there's just, there's, it's, I think we'll get through this. I do. I hope so. But something's got to change. We can't keep going the way we've been going. People have to change the way they think. Anyway, that's all I got. I return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Good job. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 